You're listening to episode 29 of Burning Brightly, the double-sided coin of pride. This is Burning Brightly, a podcast for Christian moms who are feeling called to build a business and share their light with the world. I'm Bonnie Wiscom, a life coach, mom, and entrepreneur, and I'm honored to be your guide as you face this business building adventure full of highs, lows, and everything in between. This is where we help each other find the courage to shine. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about pride. Mm, it's not a conversation everybody loves having, right? No one wants to be considered prideful. And I think that it, it is something many women of faith are so kind of paranoid about that we actually swing way farther in the opposite direction. So we're going to break that down a little bit today. As we know through biblical study and learning more about God's people, we know that pride is one of the greatest sins that we are warned against. In Proverbs, we learn that pride goeth before destruction. Malachi says that the proud and wicked shall be as stubble. And in 2 Timothy, we learn that men shall be lovers of their own selves, proud and unholy envious, all kinds of bad stuff we don't want to be, right? So we know that pride is something to be avoided. But because it sounds so awful, I think that we Christian women stay so far away from it that we actually do something else that is also not helpful. And I want to look at the other side of the typical coin of pride that we think of. We think of pride as this vaunting of oneself, of being better than others, of thinking you're so amazing. But I want to ask this question of you. Is the opposite of pride humility? What is on the other side of pride? Is there something else that we should also be avoiding? And spoiler alert, I think there is. We're going to talk about that today. So I'm going to first share a little bit of my own history with pride. Uh, When I was a young adult, I struggled a lot with feeling that I wasn't good enough. And as I talk to more and more women of faith, I find that this is incredibly common. In fact, I don't know that I've ever coached a woman who did not struggle in some way with self-criticism. I personally didn't think I had enough motivation. I didn't think I was self-disciplined enough. And I constantly fell well below these extremely high expectations that I had for myself. It was a miserable place to be. I'm going to tell you that right now. Totally and completely miserable. It plagued me through high school. It plagued me through college. And then when I was 21, I left the country to serve as a missionary for my church. So we serve full time, a year and a half, all day, every day. We're teaching about Jesus and we are studying gospel and trying to improve ourselves. Now, this need to self flagellate got worse, way worse for me. I finally brought this problem to my mission leader and asked him what I should do because I felt helpless. It was a daily occurrence that I felt depressed, miserable, anxious. It was not pleasant. And I knew deep down that something was not right. I knew this feeling wasn't coming from God, but I didn't know how to fix it. When I explained this problem to him, he actually shared a book with me. It is called Confronting the Myth of Self-Esteem. And I'll include the link in the show notes because I think it is an incredibly well-written book that helps put this into perspective a little bit. If you feel like you struggle with this, I highly recommend reading the book. But in essence, once I read this book, I have to say that no exaggeration, it completely changed my life. I essentially did a 180. What it told me is that what I was experiencing was not humility. And my brain was telling me it was. It was saying, if pride is making myself wonderful and amazing just the way I am, then the opposite of pride, humility, is tearing myself down. Now, 
we're probably all mature enough now to understand that that's not the case. But in my young brain, that was the best I could do. It was just to focus on my faults and constantly criticize myself so that I wouldn't be tempted to think that I was prideful. Essentially, what this book explains is that what I was experiencing was another form of pride. So the definition of pride from the dictionary says that it is a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. So a high or inordinate opinion of oneself. What I was experiencing was self-criticism, self-disparagement, belittling myself, and I assumed that that meant I was extra modest or extra humble. But what this book taught me was that it was essentially a low or inordinately negative opinion of my own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. So instead of it being humility, it was pride, but a self-deprecating form of pride. Does that make sense? It was the exact same thing, only instead of thinking I was so wonderful, I was thinking I was so terrible. What I finally understood was that God doesn't want us to stop thinking that we're so wonderful or that we're so terrible. He just wants us to stop thinking about ourselves all the time. So whether we're thinking we're so wonderful or thinking we're so terrible, we are still focusing on ourselves. It's still all about us. So I think that if one side of the pride coin is self-aggrandizement, I'm so wonderful, then the flip side is self-criticism. I'm so terrible. It's still focused on ourself. It's only through true humility that we take the focus off of us and back onto God where it belongs. Isn't that revolutionary? So I just want to open your mind up a little bit to this concept. If you struggle with that self-criticism, ask yourself, is my focus adequately on God? And I think you'll probably find that the answer is no. The reason being is that God's spirit does not talk to us in a critical way. He doesn't tear us down or make us feel awful. He sometimes pricks our spirit with a little bit of guilt or a little bit of uh, feeling like we are not in keeping with God's commandments. But when there is a little tiny mean girl in the back of your head, you can guarantee that is not coming from God. God speaks through peace and through love. And I know that when I am feeling the need to change through peace and love, it feels very different than how I tell myself I need to change, which is through criticism and horrible mean thoughts to myself. So one of the past prophets of our church, his name is Gordon Hinckley, told a similar story about his own service as a missionary. So as you can see, common theme, when you dedicate your whole day to God, very often some tricky things come up. You start to realize just how uh, weak you are, right? How many things you're struggling with. And he too struggled with being lonely and feeling inadequate. And he wrote a letter home to his dad and told him just how miserable he was and how he was thinking about coming home. He said, I, I'm not doing any good here. I just don't think it's worth my while. And his dad simply wrote back these words, forget yourself and get to work, which I just love so much. And that was essentially the message that I took away from that book in my young 21 years. I understood that God was simply whispering to me, you don't need to focus on yourself. It's not up to you to perfect yourself. I can do that. You just have to keep focusing on me and I will help you get there. The simple fact is we will not be perfect in this life. We will not be anywhere near it. But by focusing on what God wants us to do and forgetting ourselves, we can get a lot closer. And in reality, Satan wants us off this path of shining our light to the world. He wants nothing more than the faithful women of the world to focus on all their problems and criticize themselves nonstop. He tempts all of us, I think, with some definition of pride. So some he will tempt with the traditional definition, right? That of vaunting yourself above others. But for most of us women of faith, that is not a temptation. 
Instead, he tempts us with a different focus of pride, and that is still a selfish focus, but it's just how terrible and unworthy we are, which feels a lot more like humility. It feels like, well, if I'm constantly telling myself how terrible I am, I will eventually get better, right? No, unfortunately, that's not how it works. You may have learned the lesson that I have learned over the past 20 years or so that when I make myself feel terrible, I actually don't want to be better. I just want to kind of wallow in misery. When I tell myself that it doesn't matter how good or bad I am right now, I have to just keep moving forward and I keep my focus on God, then guess what? I'm able to do so. If we truly understand God and how merciful his love is, then we know that those feelings that come to us are not of him. They don't come from God because that's not how he operates. He operates only out of love. So let's take this into our business for a minute. When we work on our businesses, there will likely be many times when we feel badly about ourselves and our performance. We will teach someone something and then think, oh, I did that wrong. Or we will post something and someone will say they hate it. Or any number of things that we put out into the world, we might not like. We might think that they're not perfect or that we messed up or we did something really wrong. We'll think we're not talented enough or not smart enough or not experienced enough or we don't have enough education and we'll see others who are doing it better than we can and we'll be tempted to just spiral into despair and think about how bad we're messing everything up. So when that happens, just remember these words, forget yourself and get to work. If we truly believe that God is calling us to this work, then it doesn't matter how imperfect we are because God has always used imperfect people to do his work. That is one of the great truths of this world is that he doesn't need perfect people to do his perfect work. He just needs those of us who are willing. The fact of the matter is the world needs what we have to give it and God needs us to be his servant. There just isn't enough time to wallow in self-pity or self-criticism. So put those aside and let's just keep working. Now, if this is something you struggle with, this may be a very new concept to you. And I hope that me calling it another facet of pride does not make you feel bad about yourself or make you want to beat yourself up anymore. But that realization helped me immensely to understand that I actually wasn't working for the Lord when I was doing that. I was just focused on myself. So if this is something that you still struggle with, please bring it to a coaching call. I always offer everyone one free 30-minute call so we can work through what you're struggling on. And if you're interested in working further with me, we can talk about that as well. But I would love to help anyone who struggles excessively with this because being able to see it from the other side, being able to let go of that self-criticism and to really lean into serving God the way he wants us to is a complete game changer. And a final side note, I actually was recently interviewed by Jordana Thiessen on her podcast, LDS and Loving Life, about this concept as well. And we dive really deep into it, have a really great conversation. So I will link to her podcast in the show notes as well. So you can go listen to that one. It's a great companion episode to this. So take care of yourselves, my friends. Please remember, God loves you. I love you. You can do this work and I'm here to help you. We'll talk to you next week. Are you ready to get started on your dream business? Join Finding Your Side Hustle, my digital course that will guide you through discovering what it is you love and how to turn it into a family-friendly business. Are you ready for one-on-one support as a mom or entrepreneur? Schedule a free coaching call with me to work on the goals you have for your life, including business success, weight loss, or better relationships. I can't wait to help you make progress on your dreams.